All right, it's time for Tuesday Travel with Moncon McGann. This week, um, we're in Inchidani in Thursday, and uh, Moncon dropped in to me today, and you suggested we should look at? At that whole area, Clonakilty and Inchidani and maybe Union Hall a bit to the west, because it's an area we haven't covered yet, and it's another one of these areas where, you know, this wasn't a prime tourist uh, region, but the locals, the community just got together and realised they were some, they had something special to offer. So Clonakilty was the first ever town to go totally, like, sustainable and to try and introduce this thing of slow food and slow tourism and making, being proud of what they had, ecotourism, basically. So there's an amazing offer. Like, they, they, these aren't big, uh, you know, sort of mega tour bus operations. They're all small businesses that have been built up over decades and now offer, like, a unique opportunity. But there's some lovely places down here which I haven't mentioned. Mm. Like there's on the way to Cormac Sherry. Cormac Sherry is a gorgeous place. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. See, so down. Then on the way, you'd pass through Timalee, mm-hmm. which has quite a lot of history attached to it. Exactly. Ross Carberry. Yeah, yeah. Great fish. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think crab is a big deal in Ross Carberry. But you're going to tell me all this. This is cork like. I yeah. know this area. <laughs> Well, but, the, you know, as you say, but sort of places like Tim League and Cork McSherry, they've been overlooked. They're, what's wonderful about them is they're, you know, they've preserved that that sort of traditional, almost early, mid, mid-20th mid century feel to them. The communities are still really tight-knit. So they the local landowners recently opened a series of walks. Well, in the last few years, the Seven Heads Loop Walk, which, you know, this, this was... They joined together and allowed access on their own land before any state agency had come in, you know, and put a a sort of walking trail through it. And what's lovely, it's 48 kilometres, so it's two days of walking all along that, as you say, from Timaleague down through Corp McSharry, around these rugged cliffs and and the shoreline at at, um, Doonworley Bay and onto Barry's Cove. And this is an area, if you get lost, if the trail, because it's not like trail, it's not marked to within an inch of your life, you just stop and ask a local. And they laid out the trail. They wanted visitors in the area. So it's immediately, it's immediately welcome. So as you say, it's that sort of um, that low-key tourism. But uh, you, I know, mm-hmm. compare this area with much more famous areas around the world. Yeah, don't you? yeah. Well, in terms of of whale watching, I mean, it's on a par, and we're only re- we're only realizing this in the last few years. It's on a par with Baja California, or whale watching in New Zealand, or Canada. Basically. What has become to light in the last few years is that the rich, the sea, the, the amount of fish in the waters in Ireland and the fact that the waters aren't so cold have made it a prime example for, for whale watching, for whales coming through. But that's really interesting. I mean, I went mm-hmm. to the Western Cape in South Africa. I travelled all that distance. <laughs> no, not specifically yeah, to yeah. see whales. But I thought I had to go to mm-hmm. the Western Cape Sea Wales, and 160 miles down the road, there they are. I mean, they've been coming here always, but and fishermen would tell us, but it wasn't regular, and there was no nice tourist boats, you know, set up to bring you out there and take a photograph and come back again. So in a way, if they're just offshore and if there's no boat bringing them out there, they might as well not be there. But like this June, just off Inchidani, you know, and Inchidani sort of all it's, people laugh at it because of the Fianna Fáil connection with the hotel, but just off the, the hotel, and in fact, Dunmore House Hotel, there's a few hotels there on an Inchidani Island which is a beautiful because we, we'll be at the uh, Inchidani Island Lodge and Spa on Thursday you see they're very they are, they're an amazing they are, they well, are, I see a few whales no? well if you were there last June you were seeing whales in three metres of water so just 20 metres offshore now you were seeing a humpback whale which is seven or eight metres long 
Okay, now these were these were just twenty meters off the shore. They were basking in three meters of water because the area, this sort of massive aggregation of sand eels, come in in June, and the and the humpbacks they don't care how near to land. If they can navigate in that amount of of, of sea, then they're going to come hunting, chasing the eel. Yeah, uh, chasing exactly the 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 sand eels. Now the thing is, you know what we know humpbacks for are for these amazing acrobatics, the whole tail fluking and lob tailing and fin slapping and and even the breaching. You know the entire whale comes this seven eight metres of whale jumps out of the water and down. Here Are you, these the whales that Captain Kirk and uh, Star Trek went after? Ca- Star Trek went after whales? Ah, you see, I'm talking <laughs> to a non-movie I, buff I, here. Okay. I'll have to ask Philip Lloyd tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I know my Star Treks. I do not know that. Right. Um, but what the thing about it, we were talking... Well, you might learn this. You probably don't know anything about yeah. whales anyway, realistically. But according to Captain Kirk in Star Trek, they sing to each other. And this is how they communicate. (laughs) Is that true? Yes, Captain Kirk has been a good guide to you uh, in your life, I see. You hardly need... Yeah, so, um, but we were talking about whale watching. When I went up to Norway in December to look at whale watching there, we were looking at humpbacks and, um, and fin whales. But you're getting to see them here... The thing is, I was talking in Norway, I was thinking, I was talking, there's a great thing now, the tourists are encouraged to take photos, as everyone will do, inevitably, when you take when you see a whale. But those photographs are now being logged so that we can recognise how many whales, are, or which are the whales who are coming back into the area. So tourists are actually doing a service by All right. taking photos. Now, you said there used to be boats. Presumably yeah. there are boats now. Yeah. I how mean, do we go and see the whales in West Cork? Well, the, the, the main company is Cork Whale Watch, who is basically, basically just one man, Colin Barnes. He was a fisherman. He came over, he started fishing, in England in 67, came over to Ireland in 73 and ever since has been dealing with the West Cork um, sort of the sea in different ways. He was doing angling trips, he was doing commercial fishing, he was doing diving operations but over the years he'd see more and more whales and so in 2001 he decided I'm just going to focus on whales and he's been keeping meticulous records uh, sort of every year of fish stocks, of weather, of the amount of plankton levels, of sea temperatures to such an extent that you could class him now as a type of marine biologist. He knows more about the whales, whales in southwest are in the southwest of the Atlantic than anyone right. else. And the marine sort of the dog. Now, if we're going to watch whales, yeah. when do we go? Well, first, so you know, I mean, it, it all depends. So the the first ones who are coming in are sort of the minke whales. Will come in spring for food, okay? Then the fin whales, which are the massive ones, which are like the second biggest mammal ever created on the planet. These things are 70 tons in weight. They're like 23 metres long. They're coming through to the, on the summer on their way up. 23 from, metres long is nearly 30 yards in old mm-hmm. money. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to see... That's nine... That's uh, 900... That, that's uh, 90 feet. That's, I mean... The second biggest animal ever in existence. That means bigger than dinosaurs, you know? These are massive and they're coming right by our shores, uh, coming back from their winter breeding grounds in the summer months, which is the ideal time you want to go out there. So during the these trips are are expensive. They they run every day two trips a day. You know weather conditions depending on weather conditions for only about twelve people fit in the boat. So at ten o'clock and three o'clock, four hour trips. It costs fifty euros per ticket. Remember when we were talking about the dolphins off yeah. Lupet? They were about twenty seven. But the interesting thing when you're on a boat mm-hmm. and a whale comes up next to you, mm. I mean it's like a building <laughs> rising out <laughs> yeah, of the sea. This is this is Moby Dick. This is Captain Ahab, and the fact we're only. We're only starting to learn. So when you're talking about whale watching in Cork, you're really only talking about Colin Barnes, one man who's been doing All it right. since 2001. Okay, I, well, I know you're giving him a great plug, but does anything else happen down here? Yeah, and we do, and like so we do this regularly on the programme. We find the one pioneer who's starting. All it takes, remember we talked about cafes in one place. Yeah. 
destination cafes, destination um, places. So, and these are, the international media are organising these places, you know, are sort of recognising that there's someone doing something great and loads of other people will hopefully copy them. Yeah, the other thing was Atlantic sea kayaking. As you, almost every week when we're focusing on Ireland, we're talking about someone doing sea kayaking somewhere. Your man, Atlantic sea kayaking down in West Cork is Jim Kennedy. He used to be like a, a, a professional, a sort of British and Irish sprint and marathon kayaker. But he got into the tourist lark, first in Castletown Bear, when everyone else was buying a few kayaks and sending them out. The one thing that makes his operation unique is he's just so lucky. He's beside Loch Ine. You know Loch H-Y-N-E? If you heard it, Loch Ine is a seawater lake, an internal lake just in from Union Hall. Okay, Union Hall's very interesting because the greatest salesman I ever met, mm-hmm. a fella called Maliki Sherlock, lives in Union Hall. Mm-hmm. Greatest a, salesman I ever met. I mean, those these sort of quiet, forgotten areas of, of, of Cork which don't have all the rich... Greystones, Greystones and, and Fox Rock team coming down the summer really have a charm. The thing about Loch Ine, as I said, s- through some weird um, combination of prehistoric warm periods of ice ages and migrations, the water, the seawater in this inland lake it and the animals that are in it think they're still in the Mediterranean. They still, they think, they think they're still in the Lusitanian era. So, of, you know, those thousands of years ago. So you're finding creatures there. You're finding sort of sea urchins like albinos and, and sponges and corals that should be in the Mediterranean. And the, it's being fed by the Atlantic, okay, through this, through this rapid-fed river. But somehow the water, when it gets into the lake, which no one knows why, uh, is warmer than the rest of than any other water in Ireland. So what does that give rise to? Phenomenal Phosphorescence, bioluminescence. So you know this. Oh, well, they're very big words okay. for me. Phyto- Phosphorescence, bioluminescence. Basically, what does that mean? phytoplankton that sparkles at night. So your man, this Atlantic sea kayaking, Jim Kennedy, runs these kayak trips out at night along Loch Eyre. And you see all this. Yeah, if the if the climate is right, if the if the conditions are right. So on a warm night with a with a dark sky, you put every time you put your paddle into the water, it explodes in hundreds and thousands of little sparkles, little tinkerbells. Yeah, when you put your fingers in the uh, in the water, you'll have five little dabs of blue like lighting flares coming out at you. Sometimes the light is seems so bright that you could almost read a newspaper by it for a, for a nanosecond and then it disappears. It is so magical. Like, again, we don't know about this in Ireland, okay? But the TripAdvisor voted this as up in the top 10 eco-trips in the entire world. It's up there with what's available in Costa Rica. And this is, this is down, I'll be there on Thursday. You've got to do it. And like, this is August. It's the conditions are perfect. you got a warm, sultry So I night. get on to your man, Jim Kendi, and yeah. say, listen, take me out in a kayak. Exactly. And he brings you out, and it's, so it's about, it's a two and a half, two and a half hour trip, costs 50 euros, uh, along the lake. He also does the trips in the harbour, in Union Hall Harbour. Um, but the thing is, even if the conditions aren't right for the phosphorescence, it's like it's like the Northern Lights, you know. Some night, yeah. this is a magic thing happening. So, but even the the peace on Loch Eyne and seeing, looking down and seeing the corals. So the trips start an hour before sunset, so you get time to orientate yourself, you know, before wow. it gets dark. Okay. Uh, it it is so. But even you're seeing scallops on the beach. You're basically on a. Well, you're looking at a landscape and sea creatures that are no available nowhere else in Ireland. And it's, you know, and it's 50 euros. Now, I, I just want to stop you from your phosphorescence, bioluminescence <laughs> and on. all and everything else. Mm-hmm. We're in West Cork here. Mm-hmm. And George is in West Cork on <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. Now, don't tell me you're not going to talk about 
The big fella. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, of course, you got it. You got to have a fortune. Clonakilty is inevitably proud, invariably proud of its connection with Mikey Collins. Hopefully, you will be able to um, sort out a problem. Like, the, you know, the, his, his, some of his, his I mean, his, some of his, his uh, weapons and his uniform were always in the Clonakilty Museum. They've been there forever and you can go and see them there. But he, uh, you know, he lived in a few different places when he was young. He was born in a house out in the country. Then he moved into Clonakilty to, um, to the I'm towns. going to the museum on Thursday. So, well, you see, that's interesting. Which museum are you going to? Because there's a new museum that the county council is involved with on Semin Emmet Square, which is after his first, you know, he was born in one cottage, then he moved into the town. And this Semin Seven Emmet Square is meant to be converted into a museum. And each, all the time on the internet, I'd say, oh, it's opening in June, it's opening in November. I don't know, is it open yet? But that will be in but the town. But there's a museum in Clonakilty. You see, yeah. And what's oh. lovely about the main museum in Clonakilty, or just outside Clonakilty, which is the Michael Collins Centre, it's basically... The, the job of two locals who adored Michael Collins. In fact, relations of Michael Collins. So two people in 1997 decided it was a crying shame that there was a place, there wasn't a place that could explain Michael Collins yeah. to tourists. Because you go thinking, where's Belnabra? And you don't, you don't, you can't make out what Belnabra is now if you just drive through it. So they decided they would think of a place that would help interpret it. So they opened it on their own farm. It was an, it was amazingly quaint. This was um, Tim and Dolores Crowley. Now, Tim Crowley's grandmother, Elizabeth Slyne Crowley, was a cousin of, of Tom, of, of Michael Collins, whereas his grandfather, Tim Crowley, was out, in, was out in the movement. Okay, so they have this royal aristocratic blood in, I said okay. that Republican aristocratic blood in their veins. And they set up the centre around the cottage as a museum of his place. But then what they did, they recreated... <laughs> So it's funny. Bell the Blah in the on their land. They they got an old oh, Crosley really? yeah, they got an old Crosley tender and they made an old bit of road so that they can now bring you out on their bit of land and show how where, he was killed. Exactly, where the All ambush right. happened. And, okay. it's like, and then they'll point you in what they call, I love it, the Michael Collins Triangle. Because they there's a you need to understand Michael Collins in Clonakilty, you first need to go to Clonakilty to see the house on Emmett Square, whether it'll be open or not. You need to go and out to the Collins Centre, where they have their interpretive centre. You need to go to Belnablaw, and then you need to go to the cottage where Collins was born to do deference there at Woodfield or Sam's Cross. And if you've done all those, you then have the full sense of where right. he's come from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I I like, you've got some well model trains or something. What's this about? Yeah, well again, because this is a large area of Cork and it's not immediately known, you know, this, this sort of area of, what would you call it? East-West Cork, sort of. South-East-West Cork. It's not as far west as Skull and all, but it is definitely West Cork. It's far, far enough away. And there's a nice way, they've created um, the, an entire replica of the railway line that went to Brandon. Uh, a sort of model, model, vill- model village and a model area of the whole of the whole region uh, in Clonakilty from this railway that was there in the 1940s and it's a great way when you first visit to understand to get your bearings of where Clonakilty is compared to Skibbereen compared to Bandon compared to um, Kinsale it's it's all laid out there and children adore model rail well yeah and sort of adults adore it but they also have this rather either quaint or, or cheesy um train that goes around the Clonakilty that'll bring you to the, the model railway village and there's a tea shop and the one the tea shop is actually in an old railway carriage so it's worth dropping into as your first stop to get you, to get you a sense of the Now bearings. you want to talk about fairy forts or Yeah I do it's important here because well yeah because you know any destination in Ireland I could st- I could start go hammering on about fairy forts there's two reasons why you need them in, in Clonakilty first Drumbeg Stone Circle is normally associated as the most the best example of a stone circle. So if you ever see a photograph in an American book about Celtic lore, it'll be it'll be Drumbeg Stone Circle. Um, basically 17 stones in a perfect circle on this gorgeous valley running down to the sea about a 
kilometre and a half from the sea, but you can see the sea from the area. And it feels ancient um, and it feels mystical. You know, there's one of the stones is recumbent and it was said that this was where ceremonies, where sort of ceremonial rituals were imparted. And when they did right. archaeological digs, there was a load of bones and pottery. All right. Were, uh, now, listen to me. In, we're in Inchidani on Thursday. Yeah. Great beach. Mm-hmm. I walked the beach with Mary Hannafin. Ah, uh, no. Not quite hand in hand, mm-hmm. but I walked the beach with Mary Hannafin uh, when I was down there at Bertie's invitation to mm-hmm. speak to Fianna Fáil, and she took her shoes off and walked <laughs> in the sand in, in Shidani. Mm-hmm. Now, also, mm-hmm. uh, we're staying at the Inchidani Island Lodge and Spa because mm-hmm. there's a big food fest going on. Because this area, as you rightly alluded mm-hmm. to, is brilliant for food yeah. and all kinds of industry related. There's a great business there, Clannacilty Black Puddings and you all see, sorts of exactly. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all sorts of local stuff, which I mean, is quite brilliant. Us, yeah, with the smoked Sally Barnes, smoked fish and, and Hedemans, all this area of West Cork and all the cheeses that came out, they were the first people to teach us about artisan food and art. And, and but, but Clannacilty's main claim to fame is this idea of being absolutely sustainable and being fair trade. They were the first town to be entirely fair trade um, the fair trade town in other words everything in their shops as best as they could would did have this fair trade logo they were also one of the first towns to have this sit a slow movement which is just basically slow, slow tourism not rushing making sustainable life decisions but if we were going about the, the great thing as I said was okay Stone Circle it is beautiful but the thing about their their raw you know their fairy circle you get wherever you go in Ireland you're going to see a fairy circle but it's just it's a mound of green mound on the in, on the hill and you've no sense of what it is the one in outside in, in Dara beside Clonakilty Lisnagun is what they call it they've recreated a, a, a fairy fort so basically they've rebuilt you know what a fairy fort is is just the outside wall of an enclosure of a farm enclosure used from sometime between 400 AD and 12th century um, or maybe even up until the 18th century some of them it's basically a stone wall and inside was the old farmhouse you know and the animals were brought in at night so that the wolves wouldn't get them okay but all that's been disappeared and all you're seeing is a green mound and people associate with fairies what they did in Lisnagon they recreated it all so you get to see the defensive bank the attached central hut the waste pit and the artefacts and the souterrain you know which was the way of escape well people are divided it was for storing things underground or for escaping uh, uh, you know in a hidden passage if you were being attacked but it's, it's it immediately brings to life for a child what all those green rings they're seeing in the countryside are so right. it's worth going to see well uh, there you are uh, it's Tuesday of course and we're talking Clannacilty with Moncombe again I'll literally be there on Thursday at the wonderful uh, Inchidani uh, Island Lodge and Spa and they've got all sorts of seawater therapies which I might try which might relieve the pain in my aching back but Moncombe again Tuesday travel every Tuesday and next Tuesday, I'm sure it'll be equally interesting.